take pictures, as many as you can, from all different angles of each damaged area and item. Write detailed descriptions of the damage you observe that correspond with those pictures. Include when the loss occurred. And then have any extra questions you might have or reasons you have to suspect that there may be hidden damage somewhere else. Best ever listeners, before today's episode, I want to invite you to join us in Keystone, Colorado, February 20th through 22nd. It is the 2020 Best Ever Conference. And not only do I want to invite you to join us, I want to invite you to earn 15% for every ticket that you're responsible for selling should you join as an affiliate for the conference. Great way to earn money. And also, if you're planning on attending, great way to pay for your ticket, essentially. You get enough sales. So you can go to BEC20.com. And in the top left corner, it says earn 15% as an affiliate. You can click that, join the affiliate program, and you got all the resources that you need to share the good word about the Best Ever Conference in Keystone, Colorado. And we will be talking more about this on future episodes. But for now, go check out BEC20.com and that affiliate page. You can earn 15% as an affiliate, and we will see you in Keystone, Colorado. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode and for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com or to learn more about the Apartment Syndication School, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication. As always, I'm your host, Theo Hicks. Each week, we air two podcast episodes that focus on a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy. And for the majority of these episodes, or if they're a part of a larger series, we offer a document to you for free. These could be PowerPoint presentations, these are Excel template calculators, they're PDF how-to guides, some sort of document that accompanies the episodes of the series that you can use to help you further your apartment syndication business. All of these documents, which again are free, as well as the past free syndication school series can be found at syndicationschool.com. And in this episode, we are going to talk about insurance. So this is everything that you need to know about filing an insurance claim. So a few syndication school episodes ago, maybe about a month ago, or if you listen to this in the future, it's probably like 20 to 30 episodes ago, we talked about the SOS approach to a major issue that occurs at your property. And it was talked about in the context of Hurricane Harvey. What do you do if a massive hurricane comes and smashes into your apartment community? And we talked about the SOS approach, which is safety. I can't remember what the other two were, but basically we talked about a high level process that you as the investor want to do. I think it was safety, ongoing communication, and then solution. So first you figure out, is everyone safe? And then you figure out the condition of the property. And then you communicate that to your investors. And then you have some sort of solution in place. And most likely that solution, if there is a big issue, is going to be filing an insurance claim. 
So this episode will be very helpful in explaining, going into more detail on that third S in the SOS approach, or for anyone that owns a property and needs to file some sort of insurance claim, needs to know if they should file an insurance claim, what is covered by the insurance claim, and things to not do to avoid delaying your insurance claim. So those are the three things we're going to talk about. The claims process first, then what a typical commercial property insurance policy covers, and then we're going to talk about tips for avoiding a delay. So the process, typically the commercial property insurance claim entails restoring the property to the pre-lost condition within the limits defined by whatever insurance policies you purchased. And then also, it should also help you maintain the business during the time it takes to rebuild or repair that property. That's kind of like the overall purpose of the insurance claim. So it should, number one, bring the property back to its pre-lost condition. And two, while it's being brought back to its pre-lost condition, it shouldn't impact the business, which is really the money coming in. So here's a general overview of the process. Again, it depends on what actually happened, your insurance policy, but in general, this is what will happen. So first, some sort of catastrophe happens, a hurricane, a flood, a tornado, a fire, a storm, something like that. So once that happens, step two is called mitigation of damages. So you are required to protect the property from additional damages to mitigate the extent of physical and economic losses. What this means is that you may need to make temporary emergency repairs out of pocket. So for example, if there's a crazy hurricane and a bunch of windows shattered, trees fell through your roof, maybe doors blew off the hinges, you are going to be required to go in there and cover with a board any windows, any doors, any roofs, any sort of opening. Because if it rains, animals can get in there, people can get in there, which would result in further damage done to the property. So you need to mitigate ongoing damage that occurred from some sort of catastrophe. Number three is going to be evaluation of coverages. So once a catastrophe occurred and you've mitigated the damages, right, covered up all the holes, then you want to review your insurance policy to understand the terms and conditions, including the coverage limitations, how they value certain things, the time limitations, and then your duties and responsibilities for filing the claim. Basically, set three is read your policy. Four is going to be valuation of damages, claim preparation, and documentation. So before anyone touches anything, you're going to want to document the extent of the damage. So if there's a hurricane, you're going to want to take pictures of all the shattered windows, of all the doors below the hinges, of all the holes in the wall, of all the water damage, of all the trees that have fallen in the roofs, things like that. Take lots of pictures from as many angles as possible for each of the damaged areas or items. You wanna write detailed descriptions of the damages for each of those pictures. And then you wanna include when this actually happened. And then include any questions or concerns you have about any potential hidden damage. So overall, there's no such thing as too much documentation. So pictures, questions, written explanations, predictions on what else might be wrong. Additionally, you're gonna to want to reach out to licensed contractors and obtain estimates and bids to repair these issues because you're going to be required to submit a itemized detailed claim with expert reports and estimates to your insurance broker, whoever your insurance provider is. So this should include information about the property damage, as well as any sort of business interruption, loss of income, rents, as well as any extra expenses needed to continue operations. So include that in your claim to the insurance broker. So if your 10 units are down because of this hurricane and those people need to move out, how much rent are you losing? 
And then are you putting these people in a hotel? How much money is that costing you to put them in the hotel? So the loss of rent would be an example of the loss of income. And then the example of extra expense would be putting these people in a hotel until everything's fixed. And then we're going to give away a free document because this is syndication school. And it's going to be a sample claims report. So it's going to be something you can take a look at that is an example of what you need to prepare and send to an insurance broker. This is commonly referred to as a proof of loss statement. So that's number four. Number five is negotiations and settlement. So once you submit your claim, your insurer will audit your claim in detail and make any adjustments based off of whatever policy that you have, because every single thing may not be covered by your insurance policy. And then also based off of expert opinions. Uh, number six is going to be restoration of the property and the operations, which is the last step. So do not proceed with any permanent work until you've reached an agreement with your insurer. So once the negotiations and settlement is reached, then you can begin to restore the asset to its pre-loss condition. So that's kind of this overall six-step process of how it'll work. Something bad happens. You make sure nothing extra bad happens. You evaluate the damage that occurred from that bad thing happening. You figure out how it's going to cost to fix the damages from the bad thing happening. You have a negotiation back and forth with your insurer to come to an agreement on the costs and what will be covered. And then you actually fix the property. So what types of things are typically covered by your insurance policy? So again, you're gonna to wanna to read your insurance policy. You wanna have a conversation with your insurer before you even accept their insurance, right? You wanna figure out specifically what is covered by your insurance policy. Sometimes they'll have a nice little simple one-page cheat sheet they can send you that says, hey, if you get this insurance policy, here's every single thing that's covered. But obviously in your very long policy, your book length policy, it goes in a lot more detail on what that actually means. But here are some of the most common things covered. And I'm gonna go through this pretty quickly because most of the things are pretty self-explanatory. So number one is property damage. This includes the buildings, fixtures, machines, furnishing, raw materials, and inventory. Business interruption which is intended to place an insured business in the position it would have attained had the loss that caused the interruption not occurred. So it should provide funds necessary to sustain the insured business while its operations are suspended as a result of damage caused by a covered peril. It typically pays a business's profit and continuing operating expenses, including payroll for a specific period of time. And something else is extra expense which covers expenses incurred in mitigating the business loss, which I gave an example of earlier, or increased costs in continuing a business in the wake of a catastrophe. It can reimburse a policyholder for money spent moving a covered business to a different location while the covered properties are stored. It is intended to offset expenses associated with returning to normal operations. Equipment breakdown coverage is often available with this coverage and should be purchased if a customer's business is dependent on certain equipment. That's not necessarily important for apartments unless you've got like a maintenance shop that gets destroyed with a bunch of maintenance equipment in there. Something else is contingent business interruption, which is usually an extension of the business interruption coverage. Contingent business interruption provides the insured with benefits to cover lost profits and extra expenses resulting from damage to a third party's property, typically in four situations. One, when the insured business relies on a third party to deliver materials or product. So basically this is business interruption based off of a third party you're using. So like, like let's say you're using a property management company who's also affected by the hurricane. So I'm not gonna go into more detail on, on examples of that. It's basically just third parties as well. 
something else is ordinary payroll coverage. Pretty self-explanatory. Provides for salaries as a continued expense. Loss of rents. Self-explanatory. Extended period of indemnity. Provides a business interruption and extra expense benefits beyond the period of restoration defined in the standard business interruption policy. Something else that might be covered is extended period of indemnity, which provides business interruption and extra expense benefits beyond the period of restoration defined in the standard business interruption policy. So you've got business interruption, which is during the time it takes to get the property restored. There's contingent business interruption, which is something that covers third parties while it's being restored. And there's also the extended period of indemnity, which extends this business interruption beyond the time it takes to restore the property if you're still negatively impacted. Civil authority coverage provides business income benefits when a civil authority prohibits access to the insured property due to direct physical loss or damage to their property. It is most commonly triggered during mandatory evacuations. You've got utility services, which extends business income and extra expense insurance to protect against losses caused by interruption of services from a specific utility that provides a business with water, power, communications. And then lastly, loss of ingress or egress, which provides benefits when as a direct result of a covered peril, ingress to or egress from real and personal property is prevented. So those are all examples of things that are covered. Obviously, there's more than just that. And then obviously, not every single policy is going to cover all of that. So again, make sure you're reviewing your policy so that you know what is and isn't covered. Last thing we're going to talk about is just some tips to avoid having your insurance claim delayed. Because if you have a major issue, you're going to want to get it fixed as quickly as possible so you can get back to your normal operations. So here are things you can do to make sure you get the claim done as quickly as possible. Your policy does state that your insurer is legally bound to process your claim and pay you what is owed from your damages in a timely manner. But timely manner is pretty subjective. It's not saying within 10 days, within 30 days is more subjective. So it can be delayed for lots of different reasons. And again, here are some things to do to avoid some of the most common reasons why a claim would be delayed. Number one is to know your policy, which is pretty self-explanatory. Your property insurance policy is going to be packed with enough legal jargon to make anyone's head spin. And even seasoned claim professionals routinely argue over business insurance policy interpretation. So it's very important for you to read and understand what your policy covers, what it includes, what it obligates you to do, and the process you must follow to settle your commercial property insurance claim successfully. If you have gaps in your understanding of your policy, then seek help from a business insurance claims professional, which is probably what you're going to want to do anyways, to help you create your claim. These are called licensed public insurance adjusters. And they can review your claim and advise you on how to achieve the maximum settlement under the terms of your specific property insurance policy. Number two is to take immediate steps to mitigate additional damage, which you're required to do to make temporary emergency repairs to prevent additional losses resulting from the original damage. So this is a no excuses step you must take as your policy provides coverage for the cost. Make sure you're mitigating the damages because if you don't, then it's going to delay your claim. Three, collect abundant documentation of all the damage. So we've kind of mentioned this before anyone moves or moves anything from your damaged property. Make sure you take pictures, as many as you can, from all different angles of each damaged area and item. Write detailed descriptions of the damage you observe that correspond with those pictures. Include when the loss occurred. And then have any extra questions you might have or reasons you have to suspect 
that there may be hidden damage somewhere else. This initial documentation is going to be very valuable when you develop your proof of loss statement that you submit to your insurer. Number four is to get multiple bids from repair contractors. So some insurance carriers may encourage you to believe that you have to select a specific contractor from their list of preferred contractors. Others may suggest that you'll save a lot of money by using their chosen providers. But just because they say that doesn't mean it's true. And you have the right to pick your own provider as long as they're licensed. So just like you did when you did your interior and exterior renovation budgets, get multiple bids and make sure that you are not necessarily going with a contractor that's the cheapest, but the ones that are able to return your property to the pre-loss condition the best and the fastest. Number five is submit a proper proof of loss statement. So developing this proof of loss statement, the thing that you submit to your insurer, is one of the most important steps that you can do to make sure you get your claims process resolved quickly. Your company will send you a proof of loss form, which you will then need to fill out accurately and thoroughly. This is a time in the process where people knowingly or unknowingly shortchange themselves. Well, I guess they wouldn't knowingly do that, but they unknowingly shortchange themselves on their claim settlement amounts because they provide insufficient information, they didn't document properly, and they don't have enough evidence for their losses. So you've taken all of your pictures, you've got all your written descriptions, your questions and reasons for things that might be hidden. You wanna organize all these photographs and written explanations of your damages to show what happened, when it happened, where it happened, the resulting damage to the property, to your inventory, equipment, personal property, etc. You wanna provide copies of the estimates you obtained, and the value for the full extent of your losses. And this, as I mentioned earlier, is where a licensed public adjuster can be very helpful to fill it out properly, to make sure you're maximizing the money you get back to cover all the issues that have been found. Number six is to keep a journal. So filing a claim takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of knowledge, determination and communication. So throughout the process, it's wise to keep a claims journal. So when you need to kind of go back to any step in the process, you have detailed notes on what happened, when it happened, who said what, and who did what. And then whenever possible, when you do our communicating, try to communicate as much as possible through email. If you are contacted by someone or speak with someone on the phone, make sure you note in your claims journal the date and time of the call, the person's name and title, what you guys talked about, the conclusions that were reached, any additional steps needed, and who is responsible for taking those steps and any deadlines set. Get that person's personal email address and follow up with the call by emailing them a summary of that call and then ask them to review it and then kind of reply back and say, yes, this is what happened or no, this is not right. Here's what's right. So you have documentation and evidence of everything. So if you talk to someone and they say, oh, well, we're going to cover this. And then you didn't really have any documentation of that. And then the time comes, it's not covered. Well, if you didn't document it, if you didn't get them to agree that that's what they said in written writing, then well, you're kind of out of luck. And then lastly, and this is kind of like just a general advice that should really be applied to anything is be respectful, but firm. So achieving a fair settlement for damages to your business is not going to be a very easy process, right? The insurance company is not just going to give you whatever you want. So remind yourself that if you are having issues, if they aren't giving you what you want, take a deep breath and remind yourself that you have the right and the obligation to stand up for yourself and your business. 
So the more organized, direct, respectful, and firm you are throughout your entire process, the better chances there are of avoiding delays and achieving fair compensation for your law. So just because they tell you something, don't just take it at face value. Just because they say, well, this is not what this actually means. Business interruption doesn't mean you get this, this, and this. If you believe that that is that the case, then be firm about it. Just say something. Don't just accept it. So that's the last thing that I want to talk about. Again, make sure you check out the episode about the SOS approach, safety, ongoing communication, and summary, because that'll give you an idea of how to approach a major issue to your investors. But this episode is focused more on, okay, something bad happens. Investors know something bad happens. Now what happens? Well, this is what happens. You file an insurance claim. This is everything you need to know about filing an insurance claim on your apartment community. And again, we've got that free sample proof of loss statement that you can download for free in the show notes or at syndicationschool.com. Until tomorrow, make sure you check out some of the other syndication school episodes about the how-tos of apartment syndications and download that free proof of loss statement document. All of that is available at syndicationschool.com. Thank you for listening and I will talk to you tomorrow. Best ever listeners, go to bec20.com. Look in the top left-hand corner. You can earn 15% as an affiliate. You can join the affiliate program and participate in the conference that way and basically earn a free ticket to the conference, bec20.com. What if you could earn 10,000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Guarino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more.